welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. So, um, about a month ago, I was um, just scrolling through YouTube and I came across the most remarkable story that just grabbed me. And I mean, it so grabbed me that I found myself for the next couple of days I'm actually probably more than a week just researching all around it and, and, and reading about it. But basically the story was this, that in Israel, they have managed to revive the Judean date palm from extinction. And in Jesus's time, the, uh, Israel um, was famous for a particular date palm, the Judean date palm. And it formed uh, the backbone of a massive date industry. And these dates were actually famous across the known uh, world at that time for their quality and the healing qualities, etc. cetera. Um, but then by the 1400s, um, a variety of factors had caused this date palm to go completely extinct. And the, um, the, um, it had gone extinct because of um, people had burnt down the, uh, the, uh, the groves. And the Romans burnt them down. The Crusaders burnt, um, burnt them down. And then on top of that, there was massive climate change in the area. And so these date palms had gone extinct. But the most amazing thing was, is that for those of you who know um, Jewish history, the last fortress to fall to the Romans in the Roman era was a place called Masada. And in Masada, there were 70 Jewish zealots who held out against the Romans during the, the last rebellion in seven, uh, 70 AD until the last possible moment. And then finally, they committed, uh, committed suicide. Now, in that, uh, in that fortress, they, uh, but when, just before they committed suicide, they set it on fire, and then every single uh, last um, zealot in that, um, in that fortress committed suicide. But in their storehouses, there was the seeds of those Judean dates, and they lay there in the desert for 2,000 years almost, for, uh, and, uh, until it was excavated in 1964. And they found these, these seeds that had been lying there in the desert. And two Israeli um, doctors, Dr. Sarah Salon and Dr. Uh, El- Elaine Soloway, found these seeds. And uh, Dr. Salon, she just had this idea, what if we could and bring back from the dead these seeds. And so she took them and gave them to, uh, to her friend who uh, was an agronomist and said, try and grow these. And, uh, we, you know, they were excavated in 1964 and they lay in, uh, in a museum uh, for, about, uh, for about 30, uh, 30 years. And about uh, 10 years ago, she, she got given like a handful of these seeds. And so they started trying to grow them. And this, what this lady did was she took these seeds, these date seeds. Now, I want you to imagine how long they'd been lying there. I'm almost 2,000 years in the desert, just lying there. They, you know, some, some Jewish 
um, zealot had probably sucked it off, thrown it down <laughs> 1,900 and something years previously and thrown it down. That's the last time that was alive and it lay there in the, uh, in the ground just waiting to be, uh, to be found. And then Dr. Elaine uh, took the, uh, these seeds and managed to rehydrate uh, them. She took them and put them into a rehydration liquid, put them uh, into some liquid uh, fertilizer and, uh, and soaked them in, uh, in gro uh, growth hormones. And lo and behold, three of these date seeds started to grow. And uh, then they got a handful more of these seeds. Now, the interesting thing is about these date palms is you get a male and a female. And uh, so you, you, if you get just one tree, you're not going to get um, dates. So they went and they got some more seeds from Masada and they managed to get a male and a female. So this tree is now um, the oldest um, and the oldest seed that has been uh, rejuvenated in a, in a sense, or, or, or um, what would be that has been resurrected from the, uh, from the dead about 2000 from extinction. From extinction. They, they, they restored maybe. it from extinction. And it just got me thinking. They called the tree, by the way, Methuselah. And uh, the female, they got a female, and her name is Hannah. Isn't that just so prophetic? You can go and Google a story. It's the most extraordinary thing. But as I was just, I was meditating on this. I just thought, wow, Lord, this is so powerful because here was a seed that, and if you know, a seed is basically, it's a, it's a fertilized egg and it's laying there and waited for the right conditions. It had its 2000 year gestation. Think about that. A 2000 year year gestation and you know god's promises are like that god's promises are like that in fact every time you open up your bible you are actually holding a bag of 2000 year plus old seeds and the interesting thing was there was nothing wrong with the seed it just was waiting for the right conditions for the right time to produce fruit again. And last year, Methuselah, uh, Methuselah and Hannah had their first fruit. The first fruit has, uh, has been uh, restored. And it looks like they're going to be able to restore to Israel um, the Judean date palm industry that's been gone since the 1400s. So those trees disappeared in the 1400s. And now they're looking at uh, res uh, restoring that. And, you know, I, I, as I was meditating on this, I just started just thinking about the promises of God. And, and God's promises are the seeds. Just like that seed, when you take a date palm seed, it's a promise of a date palm. But it's, it's also the promise not only of a date palm, but of dates. And in every one of those dates, there's more date palms and more, uh, uh, more, uh, more dates. And, you know, God's promises are just like that. They are patient. And there's three different kinds of promises. We have the written word, we have the living word, Jesus, and we have the rhema word of God. We have the rhema word, those spoken, personal, real promises of God that, uh, that he's uh, given us. And now anyone who's read the parable of the sower, I love the parable of the sower because 
you know, when you, when you read the parable of the sower, there's one thing that becomes amazingly evident is that the problem is never with the seed. You see, often when we receive a promise from God, we get a promise from God and we take the seed and we examine the seed and we wonder if this is good seed or if there's something wrong with the seed. There's not a problem with the seed. The problem is conditions. So in the parable of the sower, we see, we see the sower sows the seed, but some falls on the path. Some falls amongst, uh, amongst stones and on rocky, uh, rocky ground. Some falls amongst weeds and other things that are uh, competing. And then, of course, some falls in, uh, in good soil. And the picture is, is so clear that when God gives us his promises, we, we, so often I find that I know even for me, I get a prophetic word and my attitude is like, I wonder if this is a good seed. I wonder if this is good, if this is a good word. The problem is not with the word. The problem is what condition does the word find in me? What is the, uh, and you know, the, the first, the first kind of soil that that seed falls into is along, uh, along the path. And often the path is that place where you've just walked so many times. You've just walked so many times. You've been there. You've been there. And the seed falls and you're like, I can't go there again. I just can't. I mean, I've just got hard there. I just, I just can't, Jesus. You know, like he's trying to speak to you. You know, uh, I have plans for you, plans for good and not for evil. Plans, uh, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I haven't heard that before, Jesus. My heart is hard, Lord. I can't let this word in. I don't want to be disappointed again, uh, again, Jesus. And the, the problem is not in the word. The problem is in our heart that we've grown hardened to God's goodness. And we choose not to believe again. Then the second type of soil that you see is that uh, the, the seed falls um, into rocky ground and then immediately springs up. And often we see that we, we hear a promise and it sounds like a really great promise. And we're like, oh, that's so exciting. But the moment that word gets challenged, it, it's, there's no depth. What is the, what's that talking about? It's talking about a heart that's got large areas of unbelief. We got a little bit of soil. But actually, it's superficial, uh, it's superficial faith that it, it, it has no ability to penetrate into your real values and your real life. And that's because what happens is, is that our heart, we haven't changed our priorities. We haven't changed our priorities. We're not, we're not wanting to, we're wanting God's word to fall onto our life, but we're not willing to let it penetrate into our life. We're like, yeah, that, that sounds good. I want prosperity. But when God says, but we'll need to move these rocks. We need to move these areas of unbelief. These, these areas that you don't want to change, that's the very thing that's going to stop this really bearing fruit uh, uh, in your life. And, you know, that, ju that just speaks to me about, again, allowing Holy Spirit just to come and to soften areas of unbelief. And, I, I mean, I know for me, and I, I'm just being totally honest with you, 2020 and 2021, I feel like the two years arrived with a baseball bat in the dark and just beat the beep out of me. Um, you know, I, I, I do feel, and I, I know that I've had to, 
I have had to go back to the Lord and get healing. Go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I have allowed doubt and unbelief and, uh, and disappointment um, and bitterness and sorrow and all these things. I've allowed these things to just take root in my life. Will you please soften my heart again? And, um, and I want to encourage you. You know what? I, I really sense in my spirit, we're moving into a time of incredible breakthrough. I, I know that we're moving into a time of God is going to be releasing the presence and the power of God on his church at a new level. Let's get ready for it. And one of the ways we get ready for it, I believe, is to take our hearts before the Lord and say, Lord, just cleanse me. Dig over my heart again. Give me, give me a virgin heart again. Just, just soft and joyful and innocent and childlike that when you speak the slightest word, I just say, oh, goody, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe you. You're going to give me, you know, rainbow flavored ice cream six times a day and I won't put on weight. Thank you, Jesus. Um, whatever the promise might uh, might be, let's, let's ask the Lord again to soften our heart. Then the third type of soil that he spoke about is how this, the, the seed got in but it fell amongst weeds. And I, I mean, that just speaks to me about those areas of our life where there's competition, where Jesus is, is our savior, but he's not our Lord. So we've got all these other things that are drawing the nutrients out of our passion for God, out of our passion for the call of God in our life. And we've got other things just crowding out our passion and, uh, and our love. And when we do that, um, we end up with uh, with no fruit. And, you know, that that might be that you've got great areas of faith, but you've also just eh, allowed that unbelief and, uh, and, you know, cynicism. You've just allowed it to grow along uh, with, uh, with that. Or you might just be um, allowing other things um, that, that shouldn't be there, that, uh, uh, habits that you, you shouldn't allow that. You just let, have tolerated them. It's time to get those things out of our life, to get ready for the harvest that God is about to, to release. And that speaks about that fourth area of uh, soil where it falls into good soil that's prepared and ready and just been waiting for, uh, for the, uh, the seed of the Lord. And that's, that's where we need to be. And so um, I, I want to encourage you this, the story of the state palm that I, I started with. Um, I think all of us have bags of old seeds. Um, we all have old promises that maybe uh, we need to get them out and re start rehydrating them. Um, and promises that we have not yet seen fulfilled. Um, dreams that we have not seen, uh, seen fulfilled yet. And uh, it's time to rehydrate them. And how do you rehydrate them? Well, you know how you rehydrate seeds? You soak them. And I want to encourage you, um, soaking in the Holy Spirit is a great way to rehydrate the promises of God. Take your promises, declare them before the throne of God. Get on your soaking music, be in the presence of God and just say, Lord, soak me, soak me. Let me be the seed. Let me be the seed, Lord. Let me soak in, uh, in your presence. Pray in tongues, pray in the Holy Spirit. Take, uh, uh, take your words, pray over, uh, pray over them in, in tongues. Then begin declaring them and speaking them over your, uh, over your life. Declare them, speak them into the uh, into the darkness, and uh, you know uh, promises of healing, 
promises of breakthrough, uh, promises of more of his presence, salvations around your, uh, around your life, prosperity, uh, um, further reach, impact, um, wh whatever it is that God's laying on your heart, the bag of seed, rehydrate them at this time. And then the second thing, let's, let's be honest, let's prepare our soil. Let's prepare our soil so that when we do throw our seed out, it finds a good place to, uh, to take root. And I mean, the, the obvious things there would be, is like go back and make, make sure that you've made Jesus Lord in every area of your life. That, that you, you, you're again saying, Lord, I, I don't want to just live a mediocre, um, mediocre, um, ho-hum Christian life, but I want you to be Lord on the throne of my life, on, in my family, and I want you to be Lord. And then go and ask Holy Spirit to, to help you dig out those rocks of unbelief. If I, if I want to I encourage you, don't try and dig them out on your own. Um, you know, I, I, I love gardening. And uh, man, when I come across a big uh, rock, I normally get our gardener to help, uh, help with those things. Because man, you can do some serious damage to yourself if you try and move a big rock by yourself. It's the same thing in your life. You know what? If you don't have God's grace to move things out of your heart, it just, it's just discouraging. You just feel condemned. You just go away saying, sheesh, that thing's big. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not uh, no fun. But if you bring it before the Lord, you'll find that the Lord is so kind. He will, he will uh, soften that thing um, and root, uh, root, it, uh, root it out. And then finally, I just want to enc uh, encourage you, make God your priority. In 2022, um, let's, let's make the Lord our priority. Make him our absolute number one priority in all that, uh, that we do, because we're moving into a time of incredible resurrection, restoration, germination, and breakthrough. Amen. Um, um, when I spoke about soaking the seeds, the Lord really spoke to me about that how you soak your seeds is hope, is to have hope in those dreams again. And sometimes I think, you know, when a seed has got old and it gets old and shriveled, it's because you've stopped believing in that little seed and you've stopped hoping for it and I know that it's difficult to hope in an old promise because sometimes that can feel really scary because it's painful sometimes to go there and to be like okay we're gonna we're gonna do this again and and I'm gonna hope for this again and I think that in some ways because you have we have this idea that hope is like this little flickering flame that can get squished very easily and is like a very delicate thing but I just felt, especially going into this year, a challenge to have bold and courageous hope and not to picture my hope as something that can be affected by external circumstances, that my, little, my hope was a little victim of whatever, that it can get squished out. But no, to make a decision that I'm a powerful person and I'm going to throw my hope behind um, this dream behind this promise and to have my hope backed up in the knowledge of the goodness of my father and who God is not in circumstance and to be like no I'm going to hope and I'm going to hope regardless of um, circumstance that, that that little flame is not going to go out and I'm going to make sure it doesn't and I'm going to decide to hope and to believe and to to actually fight for that little seed and and give it the the soak that it needs 
Yeah, and just adding to that, you know, when Nigel shared um, about that's what he was feeling for 2022, that, um, you know, even um, promises from long time ago that God wants to see them germinated. Um, and, um, and since then, um, just got some words just from various people about mm. um, it's, it's a season for germination. And also, um, also this is spring season. And, you know, I've just been thinking about that, you know, because sometimes we um, get our expectations. This is what the Lord's saying in this next season. Um, but in a sense, um, we don't ready ourselves in our hearts because the Bible says when we're talking about seeds and promises, the Bible says through faith and patience, we will inherit the promises of God. And, um, you know, I was thinking, we were thinking the other day about springtime. And in springtime, there's a lot of work that you do in the garden, but you don't actually see a lot of fruit for a time. And um, the picture that the Lord gave me was, um, you know, when you sow a seed, um, a lot of gardeners actually put that little packet on a stick in the ground. And there's like a little picture and the, there's a picture and there's just a mound of ground there. <laughs> there's nothing. You can't see anything. But yet the gardener comes and he waters every day, maybe pulls out a weed if a weed grows, you know. And so there's a lot of activity and work going on, but for nothing. And I even thought of someone who's pregnant. You know, you can't see that baby. Uh, it's hidden. Um, but yet there's a lot of activity and work going on, getting the room ready, getting this ready for the baby's arrival, but they haven't seen anything. They just sort of see a bit of a swelling, initially nothing, and yet there's a lot going on. And, um, and you know, that's what faith, the Bible says, is. Um, it's a, the, in Hebrews, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the conviction of the unseen. And if I, I sort of believe that this year we're going to go into it, and this is exactly what the Lord's saying, but we all need to put our little um, picture. picture up there <laughs> um, where that seed has been planted and to have, you know, have that conviction of the unseen. And so that because if we don't have that, we're not going to every day we go out, we don't see anything. We're not going to continue to water and continue to water until eventually we see that first blade, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, one thing the Lord's been really emphasizing the last season for me is, Debbie, are you going to um, believe because I've said it and because it's true, or are you going to believe, believe your circumstances, which right now are completely contrary to my promise? And I've just said, like, you know what, actually, I'm just, you know, I am in the face of things, um, various things. I, I, I literally felt that my confession and what I was saying was completely contrary to my circumstances and how I was feeling. But the Lord was saying, if you want to shape your future, if you want to see a different future, you have to speak a different word. You have to have faith in what you can't see yet. So I feel like that's really important. The other thing that just God impacted me again, just in trusting the Lord for our promises, because 
you know, there's always a process. There's always that moment when when the the seed is germinating in our lives. And the thing that I, the Lord was speaking to me about this last year was, you know, what is your true purpose? And again, the Lord's just saying your true purpose is to love and be, well, to actually to be loved and to love. And the reason why I say to be loved is because the word of God says you love because he first loved you. And the, the, the greater, the commandment that sums up all the commandments, Jesus said, was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And so, you know what? Our purpose actually right now, right this moment, whatever you have in your hand, even if you feel like you have nothing, that's your purpose to be loved and to love God and to love others. And obviously to love yourself, because if you're to love your neighbor as you love yourself, you need to love yourself as well. And so, you know, when I was thinking of this um, in the light of his promises, you know, sometimes what we can do with our promises, we sort of make them our goals, or we feel like when God does that, then, um, then it's going to be okay. Then I'm going to have what he's um, told me. Then I can do this. Then I can do that. It's almost like we make our promises our purpose. We make the promise that God said our purpose. And then, like, for example, let, let's say, um, God gives you a promise for a new job, um, you know, and you feel like, you know what, this new job, it, uh, and you say, I, if God has given us me a promise, I'm going to be in this job, and in that job, I'm going to be able to now do this, etc. I'm going to, all these various different things. So this job now is the thing, and you, you believe in the Lord for this job, and he's, he has promised it to you. But, you know, you think that that job is your purpose. That's what he's called you to, et cetera, et cetera. But actually, everything that God's promised you is actually just a tool or the pathway for you to fulfill your true purpose, which is loving God and loving people. So if he gives you a job, it's not your life is not going to suddenly become more purposeful or more meaningful when you get that promise. It's so that you can. Love yes. God and love the people around you even more um, successfully so that it's, it's just a tool. It's just a sort of a changing of a tool or changing of a circumstance. So you've got other people to love. And then, or if, if it's even, whether it be healing or financial breakthrough or whatever it might be, all those things are not the goal that God's taking you to, not the purpose of your life, you know, but actually you're going to receive healing so that you can be whole so that you can love God and love others well. And I just thought, you know, that's what gives me courage in the light of waiting for God's promises, which are sure that I don't that, you know, that thing that he's promised me, that is not going to bring me fulfillment. Actually, it's just a tool or the road to which, which is true meaning of loving God and, and being loved and loving others. Mm -hmm. And so then I can say like, you know what, on this trip right now, I can be satisfied and God might change it with the promises and the blessings that he brings in my life, but that stays the same. 
And that's what's truly meaningful because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, without love, you have nothing. You can have all those promises that he gives you, but you'll be empty, basically, Corinthians says. Um, you'll be like a clanging gong, just, you know, empty. If, bong. <laughs> bong. If, if you don't have love, what makes life meaningful is loving. You're going to have those promises and that's, you know, going to help us to fulfill that purpose and meaning in your life even more. But to remember on the road to getting them and seeing those seeds germinating is that you can have meaning and you can experience God to the fullest wherever you are before then. And keep that seed packet picture in front of you um and god bless soak your seeds <laughs> and yeah soak those old seeds as well <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed this message from nigel desmond 